2: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Make sure I asked the quarterback of the team, you know, make sure we was ready to play to come out the half. just little stuff like that. You know, you're seeing that that with number eight, and you seeing that carry over to his play.
0: would you say best in the game? You think he's playing better than any quarterback
1: in the NFL now? Yes, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, just kind of elaborate on that. That's a strong statement. Obviously. That's a statement.
1: And it don't, like, that's how I feel.
2: Like, you know, I, that's how I feel about my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Love it. Love the channeling of Terrell Owens. <laughs> that's my quarterback. That's great, quarterback. Man. You like that? You like that? That's my quarterback. It's one of the best that's ever. My quarterback. <laughs> oh, God. Just a spontaneous meltdown. Yeah, was that
1: defending Tony Romo? Yeah, right. Where people were
2: ripping Tony Romo. I, I,
1: I think it was the uh, missed the uh, missed hold. I think it was after that game. Might have been after oh, the, uh, the the wow. muff pat. Yeah, I think that was a terrible I think it was that too. Way back, yeah, brutal. They had, they had
2: Tony Romo holding too. Uh, yeah. yeah, Brad Johnson used to hold here. Yeah, well, this is this is Purple Daily, <laughs> Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Oh. This is um, a show that's all about one thing. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. So uh, beat the Browns and take a step in that direction. Phil Mackey, Judd Zulgad, executive producer, Declan Goff. And if you're watching us on a TCL TV, we appreciate you because TCL, in addition to supporting us, has a new lineup of award-winning TVs to support you watching football on the weekends. They deliver the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost Enjoy more of the things you love With TCL. And boys, every Thursday we do a deep dive into the state of the Vikings offense. I will bring to you four notable offensive stats that we can dive into. But Kirk Cousins is off to a ridiculous start. You like that? You like that? Uh, Every which way you look, there is some new statistic or ranking that puts him among the Peyton Mannings of the past and the Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady's. Uh, I believe he has now, was it, 17 consecutive games of a passer rating of 90 or more, the second longest streak in NFL history. Peyton Manning is six games away. Incredible. So he's off to a blazing start. If Kirk keeps playing like this, and there's going to be a lot of people that are like, well, what do you mean? You guys are, he plays like this all the time. No. No. The things he's doing third down, pressuring your face, like this this is peak Kirk Cousins that we're seeing. He has great stretches throughout his career. He always has great stretches, and this is one of them right now. If he keeps playing like this, what do you do this offseason? He's got one year left in his contract. It's a $45 million cap hit, which is second or third. Matt Ryan's at like $49 million. Um, So he's got the second highest cap hit in the NFL next year. It takes up about 23% of the projected cap, which is extremely high. No quarterback. No team has ever won a Super Bowl with a quarterback making more than 13% of the cap. His would be 23 next year. Yep, He'll he'll be 34 years old when week one hits next year. But if he keeps playing like this, how do you approach the offseason?
0: First of all, what a great problem to have, right? Like, I mean, he's playing so well, and it's so much fun to watch right now. And that's why it's not hard for me to say this. I trade him. I trade him in a heartbeat because look at the circumstances under which he's thriving. Can I replicate those if I give him a three- or four-year extension now to take him to the age of 37, 38? No, I probably can't. So um, this is a Kirk Cousins that I I take a shot with here. I do not think this team is going to win a Super Bowl. Let let me be very, very clear there. Uh, But I take the best shot I can possibly take. I, I enjoy 2021 for all it's worth. And then I have a valuable QB, who, by the way, I can trade now because the team I trade him to will extend him. Um, and and there will be suitors, for sure, with the way that he, he's playing. Like Suter? He, like he's now created a pre, he's now created a Spurgeon, <laughs> back to suitor, over to Healy, Healy to Brodziak, where'd Brodzea come from? Um, so it it now <laughs> creates teams that would trade for him. But here's why I trade him. I trade him because one, I can't sign him to the extension that he's going to want. I can't, I've seen this movie in enough permeations now where he's going to want a extension that, that yes, will bring his cap hit for 2022 down, but it'll still going to be a very significant cap hit, which again will grow, but he he will have been playing like this. uh, It's great too. And he will have established the fact that he wants guaranteed money, which I do not want to do. Um, I trade Kirk Cousins, but I do it knowing full well that I'm going to get a decent deal. What about you, Declan?
1: Uh, I'm going to use the mission statement and nothing sort of Super Bowl. If he unless he gets this team to the Super Bowl, I'm out. I I I just I I'm going to maximize the value and I'm going to get out of Kirk Cousins. If he gets them to the Super Bowl, and even if they lose in the Super Bowl, I'm okay with doing it again. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's say they. Let's say all right. They get to the Super Bowl.
2: They play the Chiefs, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and Kirk oh. is going toe to toe with Pat Mahomes, yep. and they're both throwing for three hundred forty yards and three touchdowns, and it's just Mahomes had the ball last, and the Chiefs make a sixty yard field goal to win the greatest Super Bowl of all time. You're out. I'm out.
1: <laughs> and for those reasons, I'm, I'm out. out. Uh, I mean, the, and the Chiefs did this exact plan 4 years ago at Alex Smith won them a playoff game I believe and they still traded him uh so I I would I would be out like unless he delivers us a Super Bowl I I would I would then just start over someone's going to be able to take that contract like Judd said there's going to be suitors um nothing short of a Super Bowl and then I'm out
2: this is very conditional for me because if he ever wanted to play on a more reasonable cap number so that you could have like, at this point, the Vikings need a franchise center. You know, the weakest link on the offensive line, while well, Rashad Hill has been a weak link, but he's a backup. Like, they presumably have found their left tackle of the future. He just hasn't played yet. Derrissaw might play at some point soon. You know, they, they need help in certain areas, in areas that will help Kirk in turn, right? And it's like his contract prevented them from going after a Joe Tooney, for instance. The Chiefs restructured Pat Mahomes down to $7 million. They have enough money then to sign Joe Tooney, right? Like little things like that. So it's it's very conditional if he wanted to play on a lower cap number and he, and he wasn't fighting inclined to be a top 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 paid quarterback um or if, if there was just some more built-in flexibility which you would get on a multi-year contract to uh, to adjust it to help the team. Um so I, but 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 two main things here for me. Number 1 Every year, he has a multi-game stretch, kind of like this, where it's like a four-game stretch, or like last year, there was like a six-game stretch, mm-hmm. sort of toward the end of the season, where he looks incredible and he's putting up passer ratings over a hundred, and he's throwing multiple touchdowns. And go back to Washington. The three years in Washington, he's had some ridiculous stretches for like a month, month and a half. A lot of times, it's in October. Kirktober starts this Sunday, by the way, against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah.
1: You like that? Oh
2: yeah, I love you it. like it. Kirk Tember's been great, but Kirk Tober. Let's all celebrate room. it. Yep, let's get it. Um, so you know, can he can he move beyond a really good stretch and then a month where you throw 10 picks like he did last year to just sustainably great play in all games against the best opponents on the road, in prime time, etc., right? But then the second thing is, and I'm gonna bring this is where I'm gonna bring some facts and data. People want proof, and they want concrete information. I'm going to bring it to them here. So perfect conditions versus imperfect conditions. To me, your decision to pay a quarterback top, top money should sort of hinge on how much is he able to overcome the rest of the team's deficiencies, right? So when the pocket is clean, Kirk is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You go back the last couple years, especially this year, I mean, He is legitimately, if you line up every quarterback in the NFL and give them a fully clean pocket in time to throw, he is a top five or six quarterback. I mean, he's right in there statistically with all the best quarterbacks. When he's pressured, he struggles. And I want to bring some data here. So last year, when kept clean, he was second in passer rating. 121.7 last year when kept clean. He's just back there. He's Peyton Manning in his prime, just throwing darts and crossing routes and deep passes. So second in the league last year when kept clean. When pressured, he was 16th in passer rating. And it's similar if you go off like PFF grade too, by the way. I'm just using passer rating because it's what we all know. Uh, A 72 passer rating when pressured. So his passer rating last year dropped 50 points from clean to pressured. His ranking went from second to 16th. Okay. Okay. This year, so far, through three games, when kept clean, he has a 128 passer rating, which is third in the NFL. When pressured, it drops to 79, which is 18th. So clean, second or third the last couple years. Pressured, 16th, 18th. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, even Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, maintain a really high level of performance against pressure. So when your offensive line is kind of melting down or the opposing team knows like it's like 3rd and 8 and they know you're going to pass and so they get after you more. They send extra, you know, linebackers and and guys from the secondary. Your offensive line isn't always going to hold up in those situations. 2-minute drills, you're trailing, the opposing team is sending ammo at you and his performance goes from like best in the league to very much middle of the pack. So, how often are conditions perfectly clean and amazing for you against the best teams in the final minutes on the road, right? In playoff games. It's a pipe dream to think that, well, things are just going to be clean and it's going to be great and you're going to get to sit back there and throw darts. Like, the reason why you pay a quarterback more money than usual or more money than even like market value is so that he can rise above his teammates' failures in, in some ways. And that's what I want to see. Like, he, he did that against the Seahawks. He was excellent on some of those third down throws, pressure in his face, throw a, throw a ball over the middle to K.J. Osborne in the fourth quarter to basically ice that game. Mm-hmm. If you start to see more of that stuff throughout the rest of the year, then, then we're officially talking about like, a new level of Kirk at age 33, 34. And you've seen there's been some quarterbacks that get to that level in their 30s because you just, you know, you, you see enough defenses. But that's what I'm looking for. I, it's less about the perfect conditions, Kirk, and it's more about the imperfect conditions, Kirk, that I want to see for the next X amount of games before I make a decision on what his future looks like with the Vikings.
0: What's your decision right now, though, without being wait, able to Wait see and that? see. Wait and
2: see. Like uh, I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't extend him. I feel right like now. I want, I want co- to see.
0: I feel like that's a, a cop out. Well,
2: feel th- like- then my answer is I'm not extending him. Like right now, if, if you had to ask me right now, I would trade him in the off season. I would trade yeah. him while his value is high. Yeah. And Unless value- I see more of these things that I'm talking about.
0: I just don't see any way that Kirk Cousins and his representation after breaking the bank of the Vikings twice comes back and says, let's do a fair. Let, let's do a team friendly deal because yeah. darn it. I've had fun here. But, but- uh oh i I was they've established a pattern of not only getting huge paydays but guaranteed paydays in a league where guarantees are not the norm so i just i he's gonna come back i think he's playing for one more huge contract and if i'm the vikings in good conscience i can't be the team to do that for a third time
2: and then you have to make a decision let's say let's say he has a big season again and And whether it's the Vikings or somebody else, he's going to get big money. Then you have to go back to this is this is about the team, right? This is about team success. And if you're paying him that much money, how much does it hurt your team's chances to win a Super Bowl? Or would you be better off? Because a lot of people are going to be like, well, why would you ever like move off of a guy that plays at that level? You know, on a fairly consistent basis, especially when the pocket is clean for someone who's not as good. And sometimes the answer is, well, you shouldn't. You should you should keep going with that quarterback. But sometimes the answer is well maybe you can do more damage with a younger quarterback that makes 30 or 40 million less to the cap and build a monster roster like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson for instance, right? Or like the Chiefs were able to do with Pat Mahomes for the first four or five years. Can you get an extra weapon on offense? Can you get a can you get an amazing offensive line? Get that extra pass rusher, right? Like those are the types of things that You'd have to consider here. So it's, it, it's all situational to me. If he wants to make less money, I can live with more of his flaws because I can go get an extra player or two to cover up for his flaws. Yep. But if he wants to be the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL, unless he's better when conditions are imperfect, it makes it really hard. If he continues to play the way and
0: this is a big if if he continues to play the way he's playing right now. And this is a playoff team, but they get bounced in the second round. Um, I think you now can probably shop him potentially. If if he can agree to his new team, he likes the team and agrees to an extension, I think you're possibly talking a first round pick hmm. in a draft. Well, what did Matthew Stafford in the get draft? Out first. Yeah. I'd have to look at what Stafford. Yeah. yeah, but but the point but the point is this guy right now, if you can convince a team, this is cousins now, this is unbelievable. But you know, we're willing to trade him. We'll do it. And you can get a first-round pick back, and he can agree to an extension with his new club. I think we're talking first-round pick.
1: They, they, sent, the, they sent two first-round picks and a third to get Stafford. Yeah. Okay. The Rams. Wouldn't the best-case scenario, though, be
2: that he has reached a new level through his film study and through just being a year older in the same system? Mm-hmm. You know, the best-case scenario would be that they win big this year right? Like they beat the Browns on Sunday and they're just, they're on another level. And he's just, he's reached a new level. You know that I would argue if he plays amazingly this year and you still don't make the playoffs or you whiff in the first round or something, then the whole thing is still flawed Flawed. and broken. And you have to reevaluate. It's not as simple as cool. Well, pay him 45 million and then, you know, get a better offensive line. Well, it's hard. It's hard when you, when 23% of your cap is, is taken up. Um, you guys want f- some notable offensive stats that kind of play into some of this
0: Absolutely. discussion here too? Yep. I feel like there should be a song for this.
1: Hmm. Dit, 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 dit,
2: dit. I don't know.
1: Get those nerds. nerds, nerds! I got a sounder for you. got a sounder okay.
2: some for you. Football. Ya. There we go. All right. Some nice. bonus nerdy football oh, stats it. here. Yeah. yeah. I like them. Presented by our friends at the Minnesota Lottery. Okay. They got Viking scratch game tickets. You can win $100,000 playing the $5 Viking scratch game. And the two dollars skull game can win you up to fifteen thousand dollars with bonus prizes, second chance prizes like Vikings tickets. Just say I'm into Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. You must be eighteen or older to play. Mm-hmm. Play calling, all right. My first notable offensive stat here, state of the Vikings offense, has to do with play calling. Okay. Sort of a one A and one B here. On second down and short. And I'm defining that as four yards to go or fewer. So second and four, second and three, two, one. Last year, and and those situations, by the way, your whole playbook is open, right? The defense, you could run for a first down. You could run play action. Like third and 12, your whole playbook is probably not open. Right. Um, Second and short, it's like, man, you could, there's so many things you could do, especially as a great play action team. Mm -hmm. right? So last year the Vikings were 28th in pass frequency rate, meaning they ran the ball way more than most teams on second and short. Yep. And on those pass attempts, they were eight yards per attempt. So they were they were very conservative second and short. When you have a chance, the defense doesn't know what you're gonna do. You could mix in play action. You could you could do a million different things. And they were like, well, will just run it." Right. Okay. They were they were trying to get a first down instead of a big chunk. Yep. This year, however, the Vikings are 13th in pass frequency rates on second and short, so they jumped up almost halfway up the ladder. And it's a small sample size, but they're averaging 19 yards per attempt on those passes on second and short. Is it, did that K.J. Osborne play action touchdown in week two, uh, was that a second and short? Or had
0: they gotten a first down on that first play from Dalvin. It might
2: have been it might have been a, like a second be right. and one or something. It might something. be a second short. Yeah. Might be right. then that might be where those yards are coming from. Okay. Uh, so that's interesting. So it's a small sample, it's only three games. Right. But they but they are out of the gate. They are more aggressive on second and short. So Clint Gary Kubiak more Gary Kubiak Jr.
0: Gary was. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh. Second and long, it's kind of the same story. So second and long is the worst time to run, statistically, analytically. You just, <laughs> not, you know.
0: not for the 2020 Vikings, it wasn't.
2: Yeah, and, and it's kind of the same for this year. So like second and long, and I'm defining that as eight yards to go or more. And last year, the Vikings were 31st in pass frequency rate. So they were, again, running the ball way more often. But, they, but last year, it's funny, they were third in yards per attempt. So when they did pass on second and long, they were third in yards per attempt. So it worked very well for them. But they still were very conservative. They were like, oh, so no, you we, we took a sack on first down. We must now wave the white flag. Let's just lean into the line of scrimmage for two yards, and now it's third and 12. Like That was a huge play-calling problem for them last year. Well, this year, they're only 28th in pass frequency rate on second and long. So they're still running the ball quite often relative to the rest of the league on second and long. Okay, so that hasn't uh, changed much. Mm-hmm. But the second and short progress, it's good. It's yep. Good. Yep. All right, uh, notable offensive stat number two. Let's talk about guard play. Oh, yeah. Oh, Football. yeah, Right guard. Well, shot. Shuffles That's huh? Yeah. Uh-huh? yeah. Oli Udo ranks 13th out of 73 guards according to Pro Football Focus. Ezra Cleveland is 31st out of 73 guards, according to Pro Football Focus. So both above average. Ole Udo, well above average. Mm-hmm. And in pass protection specifically, which is where the Vikings offensive line always has lacked, Udo is 28th out of 73. Cleveland is 38th out of 73. So they're both better against the run, but they're both above average against the pass. And their name is not? Dakota Dozier. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly like this is why last year was so frustrating
2: mm-hmm. just yeah we're not asking for steve no, hutchinson hall of fame no. bust i mean it be
0: nice don't get me wrong i take it
2: i saw i saw ezra cleveland is you know 31st out of 73 and i'm like that might as well be third yep exactly <laughs> pro bowl 100 you're going to the pro bowl baby so uh much improved guard play and even though garrett bradbury has struggled quite a bit still in pass protection he's no longer dead last in pass protection. He's like fifth from the bottom, so I guess some... Got that small progress. progress there. Yeah. Small,
0: yeah. small uh, to go football. back to your question, Phil, the KJ Osborne 64 yard touchdown pass actually was a first down. Dalvin Cook got 11 yards on the first play from scrimmage, so that does not include... The second down statistic does not include the Osborne touchdown.
2: I thought it might have been skewed by that long so touchdown, it, but that's it, good. All it right. wasn't, so that's... Yeah, that's good news. Yeah. All right. Notable offensive stat number three here. Judd was asking about this last week and I have found him a metric average time to throw. Now there's a bunch of ways to look and interpret this, you know, like if you're a scrambling quarterback, your average time to throw is going to be more because you're keeping plays alive. So what I looked at here was what is the average time that you're getting rid of the ball? And some of this can be driven by like, if your offensive line sucks, then you're, Gonna get rid of the ball quicker. There's like there's different ways to look at this, but sure. The three fastest quarterbacks in terms of getting rid of the ball quickly this season so far are Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, those guys are just like 2.4 seconds yes, on and average. Brady, yes, that's out, perfect. out, out, out. Yep. So he's got the third quickest release of any quarterback in the NFL this year, and I don't think it's because the offensive line. It's, it's it's a concerted effort, I think, by him whether the protection's there or not to just get rid of the ball before the protection matters.
0: Correct. I agree completely. But I mean, that to me... So that is the most important statistic of all of them. All the impressive stats that Cousins is producing through three games. That one is the most important because that's been the source of frustration for every one of us for how long? Which was, okay, in this league too... And and it's not just the Vikings line. There's a lot of questionable lines. Average lines. Not great lines, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of QBs in this league who deliver the football and Kirk would sit back there like he had protection and he would fumble and and he did he did uh, drop the ball against the Seahawks but at least he fell on that one but this is the most important stat because the delivery of the football because he has the tools to do it too that's the frustrating thing like Kirk can make the throws he definitely can Uh, he can make tough throws he doesn't like to I think or hasn't in the past because of the room for error and being picked off uh, but that, I think, is going to be, if he con- If he continues that, the key to his success is delivering the football and being decisive and not sitting back there and waiting for it, the pocket to collapse, which has to drive, no matter how good or bad your offensive line is, it has to drive him crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, this is the National Football League. you got to get rid of the ball. It's got to drive you up the wall when you're like, I can't stay on my block in perpetuity. At some point in time, it's going to break down. So I really do believe that of all the cousin stats, this is a number one of what has to keep up for this team to be successful.
2: I'll give you one more here uh, in the time to throw department. So according to ESPN, in their team pass block win rate, the Vikings offensive line is like 20th. I don't have it in front of me, but they're like 20th or 21st or something. 52% Fifty-two percent of the time, the offensive line as a collective prevents the opposing team from breaking in and getting pressure within two and a half seconds. Uh, so that's that's not an amazing rate, but when your quarterback is getting rid of the ball in under two and a half seconds on average, then it just makes it less. It doesn't matter. Like if Garrett Bradbury, right. if if he can only hold on for you know two and a half three seconds, then um, you know. Yeah. Kirk will be Kirk will be fine if he gets rid of the ball. And, quickly and you've like got
0: games. guys that can make plays, just find them. Yep.
2: And then uh, notable offensive stat number four: it's more of an overall. Where do they stand here? The Vikings' offense is tenth in the NFL in yards per play through three weeks, and eighth in the NFL in points per game, twenty-nine. So they are solidly a top ten offense through three games. There's still some work to do if they want to be among the elite offenses, but. Some good signs here. I I think it's realistic for them to average 30 points a game all season offensively, which would keep them in the top 10.
0: And if I may bring this down just a little bit, classic, and say, well, no, but I mean, you're going to face a good team. Cleveland's a really good team. Seattle. One of the best teams Mm -hmm. you'll face. Seattle, I have questions, lots of questions about Mm now. Um, But the other thing, too, is you are going to need your defense um, to pick things up because. We can we can say well the defense pitched a shutout in the second half on Sunday and they did and we can say all we want but time of possession there was king Chris Carson got hurt uh, so so the Seattle rushing game obviously deteriorated after that the point being is on Sunday your defense at least has to play pretty well and yes. and the first half the first half against the Seahawks on Sunday was not acceptable and it's not fair. I think it's very fair to ask the offense to score points. And I think it's fair to think that this offense can be really productive and good. I don't think it's fair to say that you should make up for a defense that has major deficiencies right now against the run and pass. If we nothing may- else, the run, the run defense has to pick up.
2: Well, we may need to recalibrate what a, a good or great defense looks like. I mean, the the, the NFL is such is this is more teams 30 points and over than I think maybe we've ever seen. Now, that, that might come back to earth a little bit as maybe defenses catch up at some point. But when you're scoring 29 points a game, yeah. we're not asking that much from the defense. That's, no, a, that's a ton that's of cushion, you know? That's why I'm saying... Give up 24 if you want to. I don't care. And that's why I'm saying let's start with stopping the run. That's doable. You're
0: paying guys. Sure. You're paying guys a lot. So, so let's start with a defense that's more stout against the run. I mean, in three consecutive games now in their three games, they have given up 100 plus yards rushing in each one.
2: Let's bring that down. Let's work on that first. Seems like a fair ask. Is that not
0: like, I'm not asking the world. I'm not asking for the steel curtain here.
2: seems like, it seems like a fair ask. Those are your four notable offensive stats of the week here. State of the Vikings offense. Uh, You guys didn't think you were going to escape this episode without a random Viking of the week contest between the two of you. See if Declan can get off the schneid here. God, great. Random Viking of the week presented by Surly Brewing Company, Judd.
0: Oh, Surly Brewing Company. Surly is, and in particular, I've been talking about it now for a long time. Surly Furious. In fact, this weekend, folks, at Zolgad on Twitter, join the club. Show me your cans. And I only mean cans. Show us your cans. Absurly, Surly. Surly Furious is my favorite. Check it out. Don't settle. Get Surly. Declan is about to as well because he is on a long losing streak and is going to try and end it right now.
2: Yeah. So Declan got Tavares Jackson, and then he's lost the next eight. So Judd's up eight to one. We should almost... Handicap this. I should give Declan like four clues with Judd's headphones off. Let's make something.
0: that decision next week if we're going to do that. Okay. Right now, I am in the zone. <laughs> okay. Not now, no Chief. I'm in no, the no.
2: zone. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle <laughs> milk.
0: You can't bring that in.
2: Um, <laughs> all right. This random Viking of the week. And by the way, here are the rules. I will give out clues. You guys can. You guys each get three wrong guesses. So feel free to throw out wrong guesses. And uh, if you want to ask me questions, you can. I can choose to answer them or not. We'll see. we got to go kind of quick here because we are going to talk to Scott Studwell in seven minutes for another episode. All right. I I gave him a warning. All right. Random Viking of the week. Okay. This random Viking of the week played college football in the SEC. (laughs) Any guesses? That narrows it down. (laughs) Well, I'm very rare from the Southeastern Conference. All right. Alright, this random Viking of the week played for two other teams besides the Vikings was also an off-season participant with another team but never actually played in a regular season game with that team. Okay. I would okay. say this random Viking... Oh, you have a guess? Declan's going to nope. guess. Nope, I just said okay. Here it comes. Nope. You got three Come guesses. Here's the guess. Nope. Declan, oh, this is guess. your chance. No, oh, no. Nope. Nope. Come on.
1: I'm not throwing a pick here. Nope, keep going. Alright, okay. This random Viking of the week didn't
2: always get the credit he deserved in my opinion okay this guy might have been we're now doing subjective random viking of the week clues (laughs) in my opinion i enjoyed watching this
0: random viking of the week what's the next clue
2: this random viking of the week is a three-time pro bowler
1: oh okay
2: three-time pro bowler multiple teams all with the vikings not all with the vikings okay This random Viking of the week was part of the 1994 college class or NFL class, if you will. whatever. So he was Wait, drafted draft? in
1: 94 or was he drafted in 95? That's a very good okay. question. Okay, between those two years, though. Got it. All right. Sounds good.
2: You're not going to tell us? He was not
1: drafted. Oh. All right. No, this is going to be really <laughs> tough for me. This is out of my era. <laughs>
2: Declan, for sure, is familiar with this player. Okay. So it's not... It shouldn't be all that... I mean, it's tough, because... 94 tough college for free agent. In 2015, this random Viking of the Week was inducted into the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Alabama, roll tide. Um, I, I should say the Alabama State Sports Hall of okay, Fame. Okay, so it could be War Eagle. Um... This random Viking of the week stands six feet tall and played at a weight of 238 pounds. Okay, it's not who I was going to guess. Six feet tall,
0: 238 pounds, Alabama, college free age. Okay, keep,
2: keep going, keep going. This random Viking of the week also played I'll give you I'll give you this. This random Viking of the week came in with the Dallas Cowboys but never played a game for the Dallas Cowboys. This random Viking of the week had a 16 year NFL career and never played on a last place team, which is kind of amazing. Like a last place division team Right Yeah, Never true. finished last in a division So he
0: came in So he was signed by the Dallas Cowboys Out of Alabama But he didn't play for the Cowboys And he ended
2: up in Minnesota He did not play college football We at do not Alabama. know which, we he, did have... not, he did not play college football at Alabama oh. I just want to clarify that oh, Alabama say, State Sports Hall of Fame Oh State
0: Okay Yeah We don't know which side of the ball he played on yet Do we? He's 6, not he's six
1: foot 238 pounds He played offense Okay, okay.
2: That, that should you oh, quite a bit I, I gotta guess
1: Is it Jake Reed? Okay, good guess I thought about that too But I, I didn't think he was undrafted. This
2: player was never teammates with Jake Reed In fact, this player played For the Kansas City Chiefs When Jake Reed played for the Minnesota Vikings He played on offense, and he is 6 feet, 238 pounds. This random Viking of the week averaged four yards per rush attempt. Which could mean many things. I don't know. It could be a who knows. I'm going to tell you how many attempts. Average four yards per rush attempt. I'm also going to tell you, because we got to go here. Yeah, we that this, ra- that this random Viking of the week is beloved by Thomas Jones, Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, and Adrian Peterson.
1: Uh Tony Richardson. Yeah, oh, I
2: got it. <laughs> Declan got it. He got yes, it. <laughs> there he is.
0: <laughs> he got wow, it, I, dude! Yeah. Nice job. Congratulations, Congratulations. Declan's off the night. See, he doesn't need clues beforehand. See. <laughs>
2: Wow. Declan got – basically, if it's the 2006 or 7 Vikings, Declan is in, baby. He's got T-Jack, and he's got Tony Richards. I had
0: no idea. I had completely forgotten, or I'd never known
1: he started with Dallas. (laughs) Yeah, so Dallas signed
2: him. He was undrafted out of Auburn. Dallas signed him in 94, and then he went pretty quickly to the Kansas City Chiefs and played 10 years or 11 years with the Chiefs and then the Vikings for a couple years, and then the Jets to finish out his All right, all-time great guy, Jacqueline, Tony now. Richardson. Oh, feels, good. Is, dude. feels good. What a performance. Feels hey, uh, Much like Tony Richardson provided cover for Adrian Peterson and Priest Holmes, Federated Insurance can provide cover for you and your business. Risk management tools and resources. Find out why Federated has been a trusted source of business insurance for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, it Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. That's a wrap on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment presented by Surly Brewing Company. We'll see you guys tomorrow.